Welcome to the Restoring Nurses Podcast. Thank you for taking the time to stop by and check it out. My apologies in advance if my voice is not quite what it normally is. I've been getting over a bit of a cold, but let's get into it. This week I had planned to air the first part of my interview with my personal counselor, Michelle. However, I felt led to record something different. You see, last week, Stephen Twitch Boss died from suicide. Now, many of you may not know who he is, but he was a, a dancer. He became known through the show So You Think You Can Dance, which my wife and I are big fans of. He was also on the Ellen DeGeneres show for a number of years, and I think he was in a, the, one of the Magic Mike movies, too. At any rate, he was uh, very well known, very popular, and last week he died by suicide. Now, this may sound cold, but in general, the death of a celebrity doesn't affect me. However, this one hit me kind of hard. It reminds me of when Robin Williams died. In both these cases, all we saw were people who were constantly smiling. You never saw Twitch or Robin in a moment where he wasn't smiling and trying to make other people smile. Yet, obviously, in both cases, they were hiding something on the inside. So, what does this have to do with nurses? Well, you see, this could easily be one of us. Like I said before, welcome to the Restoring Nurses Podcast. If you don't already, please take a moment to subscribe to make sure that you never miss an episode. Subscribing also helps other people to find this podcast. I'd also ask that you take a moment and leave a five-star rating and review on whatever app you use to listen to podcasts. Now, some may say, Matt, you're being a little melodramatic when you say that the deaths of Twitch or Robin Williams, that it could be one of us. It could be a nurse. Well, here's the deal. Here's some real statistics. From 2007 to 2018, nurses were 18% more likely to commit suicide than the general population. A 2020 study showed that both male and female nurses had significantly higher risk of suicide than their non-healthcare counterparts. Yeah, it really could be one of us. I also read a story, a study a few months ago, and I couldn't find it as I was preparing for this, that said that the levels of PTSD among healthcare workers and nurses in specific were similar to those of combat veterans. A 2021 study showed that 5.5% of nurses had suicidal thoughts in the previous year. This doesn't sound like a very high number, but consider this. With around 4 million nurses in America, and some say as high as high as 5 million, that's 220,000 nurses every year thinking about ending their lives. So yeah, it could be one of us very easily. So what are we going to do about it? Well, I'm going to give you guys some assignments today, some things that you need to do. And here's the deal. As I give these assignments to you, I'm giving them to myself as well. Don't think that I'm letting myself off of the hook on this. We've all got to do better on these things. And here we go. Assignment number one, your first assignment, find someone to talk to. Talk to a coworker or a friend Connect with somebody. I mean, be intentional about it. I'm not talking about just that person that you know, well, if they need them, I know they're there for me. I mean, pick up the phone and call someone or 
walk up to them at work, whatever it is, at church, find someone, approach them, call them and say, listen, I need someone that I can reach out to when I'm having a difficult day at work. If this is a healthcare worker or somebody with a history of of experience in healthcare, it's going to be even better because they can more easily understand what it is we deal with. But if you can't, Find someone that you trust that much with healthcare experience. Talk to someone. Be intentional about it. Say, can I count on you? Can I call you? Can I reach out to you? Can I text you when I'm struggling? If the first one says no, okay, move on. Ask somebody else. We agree to regularly checking on one another. You see, that person you're talking to, especially if they're a healthcare worker or have healthcare experience, they need someone to talk to as much as you do. So agree with them. We're going to talk once a week, twice a week. You're going to call me if, you, if you're struggling. You're going to text me. I'm going to text you when I don't hear from you in a few days. Whatever it is, agree to regularly check on one another. The second part of that is you have to be willing to actually talk to that person. Share with them. Be real with them. Open, honest. It is hard. I know that. It is a hard thing to do, but you have to do it because here's the deal. You do have junk inside. If you've been in healthcare for more than five minutes, then you have got some pain, some hurt, some junk that you have not dealt with inside you and you need to get it out. It's just a poison living inside of you, slowly killing you. Talk to them. So assignment number one, find someone to talk to and then actually do it. Also, accept their vulnerability. Be a safe place for them to share. As much as you need a safe place to share, be that for them as well. That's your first assignment. Assignment number two, check on people. How often do you check on people? Anyone at all, ever. The reality is that most of us very seldom do that. Whether it's friends or family, most of us just don't check up on them on a regular basis. It's going to be as simple as sending a text message. Hey, how you doing today? It can be as simple as a quick phone call. Hey man, just calling to check on you. I've got a couple of buddies that we do this two or three times a week. Even on our off weeks, we do it once a week. We do it using an app called Marco Polo, which I love because it's video chat. So I can send a message to him, to either one of those guys while I'm driving to work. They message me back or they'll message me in the morning. Hey, Matt, how are you doing? We use this for personal stuff, but with one of them, we also use it for, you know, keep each other accountable in our businesses. It's just a great opportunity. But the, 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 the great part of that is that we are checking on each other regularly. So here's here's what you need to do. As assignment number two, you're going to check on people. Make a list. Sit down and make a list of people you're going to check on. Keep it in your phone. Keep it someplace handy. If you're a nerd like me, make a spreadsheet so that you can mark when you've checked on them and then sort it by date so you know who's next. Every day, 
pick at least one person from your list and check on them. I don't care if it's a good morning text where you're just sending a text out and say, asking them how they're doing, whatever it is, at least one per day. Now, here's the deal. If you're using an app like Marco Polo or text messaging or sending them DMs through social media, you can do four or five or 10 people in 10 or 15 minutes in the morning. You may be the only person that's checking up on these people. You may be the only person that reaches out to them and says, hey, I give a crap about you. How are you doing? Make a list. Every day, reach out to at least one of them. Cycle through your list so you make sure that everybody is touched on there. The awesome thing is after you've done this for a little bit, some of those people will start checking on you as well. So assignment one, find someone to talk to. Assignment two, check on your people. Assignment number three. Oh, wait, you know what? Let's go back to assignment two for a second. I said check on your people. Well, here's the deal. You work with somebody, you know somebody that nobody else is going to check on. You know, maybe they're a little awkward. Maybe they're annoying. Whatever it is, here's the deal. If they take their life tomorrow and you're the only person person that that bothers to check on them maybe you become the reason that they don't maybe they you become the reason that they were considering checking taking their life tomorrow but you're the one person that was willing to send them a text message and check on them do it i know that some of these people can be annoying (laughs) but you know what if they're if they're annoying you they're probably annoying everybody else and that means nobody's going to check on them somebody needs to They deserve it, even if they are annoying. Assignment number three, find a group. If you can't find one, start one. Now, if you follow me on TikTok, then you know that I recently started a group in my local area or if we're friends on Facebook that I call Restore. It is a, it's a local group, a gathering that I've started for, for healthcare workers where we can come and we can just talk about our junk, our struggles, whether they're personal or professional or whatever, with other healthcare workers that get it. If you want to know more about the Restore groups, you can check it out at my website, restoringnurses.com slash group. And I'll, of course, will be a link in the show notes to that I'm also in the process. When I first started talking about the Restore group, our first meeting was a couple of weeks ago. Some folks said, man, I wish that you had an online version of this. I'm not exactly sure how that's all going to work out, but I am in the process of getting ready to start some online Restore groups that will be facilitated by me. I'm also in the process of seeing what it would look like to duplicate what I'm doing locally in other areas and I'll probably start with some other meetings near me so that I can have open communication with the facilitators uh, a little more easily but listen there may be a restore group coming to your area soon so check it out restoringnurses.com slash group you can sign up for updates as they come out related to that and but regardless I don't care so years ago when I worked nights in the ER Every other Friday, a group of us, most of the nurses and some of the other staff from the ER, we'd go to a local coffee shop. We'd get off that morning, we'd go to the local coffee shop, and we'd spend sometimes two or three hours. Sometimes we would still be there at lunch, and we would just we would just unload. You know, sometimes we would just cut up and you know just have a good time. 
But we also would talk a lot about what we were struggling with, be it work or life or whatever. And it was just really a beautiful thing. It was, I didn't think about it at the time, but it was kind of what the restore groups are becoming now. But it just happened organically. So I don't care if it's something like that or something more organized and, and intentional like the restore groups, but find a group. Find a group of people that you can hang out with, cut up with, and talk about your junk. I'm not just talking about a group that you can go out and get drunk with. I'm okay if you occasionally do that with this group. Cool, whatever. You do you. But it's got to be more than just an opportunity to get drunk. Drinking is not dealing with our junk. It is avoiding it. So assignment one was find someone to talk to. Assignment two is check on people. Check on your people, but check on those people that no one else is checking on as well. Assignment number three is find a group. If you can't find one, start one. If you want to know more about what I'm doing, let me know and I will help you start one in your area as well. Assignment number four is get professional help. So several years ago, I came to a point in my life where I just realized I was angry all the time. All the time. Stupid little things would set me off. I mean, whether it was at work or at home, I just, I constantly, I could feel it in my chest. I was angry all the time. And I freaking hated it. And I tried to deal with it on my own, and guess what? It didn't work. I tried talking with my friends about it. Those two guys that I I mentioned earlier that I talk with all the time. In the end, what I needed was professional help. In fact, the counselor that was supposed to be this week's episode, that will be the next two weeks' episode, because it was uh, ended up being a two-part interview, she is my personal counselor, Michelle. And I met with her every week for a couple of months, and then it was every other week for a while, and then it was just then it got down to once a month. And here's the deal: it changed my life. See, there's a kind of a stigma in nursing and in healthcare in general when it comes to seeking mental health care. You see, we have no problem if if a coworker has chest pain, telling them you need to see a, a doctor or whatever the medical condition is. But when it comes to mental health, we feel like someone is going to look down at us. And the reality is sometimes we do look down on our coworkers or other people that seek help for their mental health. We don't take mental health as seriously as we do physical health. And you know what? We're paying the freaking price for that. We tend to think that it makes us weak to seek that sort of help, but it takes much more strength to admit you need help and then to seek out the person that can help you than it does to ignore it. Ignoring it is easy. It doesn't require any effort. Doing something about it requires work. It requires effort. It requires admitting that you have a problem. It's much harder. It requires much more strength. And you know what? If anybody says any different to you or treats you differently, screw them. They're not your friend. They don't care about you the way that they should. And they don't belong in your life. Think of it like this. Suppose that you're at work and you have a, a, very, a rather large patient that needs to be moved. 
Okay, it needs to be turned over or whatever it is. If you go and find another staff member to help you, are you saying that you're weak? Does it mean that you're weak because you can't turn that, you don't want to try and turn that 400 pound patient by yourself? No, it means you're recognizing that I can't do this thing on my own. So you have an option. Either you get help, you try and do it on your own, which gets you hurt, or you just ignore it and don't give the proper care that your patient needs. Your mental health is the same way. You see, you've got an option here. You can ignore it and not give your mental health the the care that it needs. Well, that's the wrong thing. You deserve better than that. Number two, you can try and do it on your own, but the end result is that you don't get any better and you end up getting hurt because so many of the things that we try to do to cope with our stress, to cope with our trauma, to cope with our issues ourselves, are negative. Alcohol, food, whatever it is, so many of those coping mechanisms are negative. They don't work. The other option is to say, you know what? I recognize that I need help. And you reach out to someone that can help you. Now, here's the deal. I've talked to some people that said, yeah, well, I went and saw a counselor and it sucked. Yeah, some of them do. And some of them, like mine, are amazing. Some of them care. Well, but Matt, I went and saw a counselor and all they did was, all they wanted to do was put me on pills. Okay, you know what? Sometimes you might need pills for a season to get you through. And if a doctor or a counselor recommends that, then you look at them and say, okay, but what is the plan to get me off of these? What is the plan to get me to a place where I no longer need these? If they don't have a plan, then that's not the, it's not that those pills, the medication is wrong for a short period of time, but that counselor or that doctor is probably not the one for you. And I'm not saying, I am not condemning people that take any sort of medication for their mental wellness over a long term. I'm not saying that. But for many of us that do need that sort of thing, it is a short-term thing as we learn to deal with whatever it is. So get professional help. And lastly, assignment number five, if you're one of these literally hundreds of thousands of nurses that has had thoughts of suicide, thoughts of hurting yourself, thoughts that everybody would just be better off if I wasn't here. First of all, let me call out what that is. It's bullshit. Nobody is better off without you. This world is not better off without you. This world needs you. You bring something unique and individual to this world and we need you. Please don't rob us of your presence. The world needs you. The world needs you to be healthy. But if you're one of those nurses that has had or is having, or if you have in the future, suicidal thoughts, call 988. If you're not familiar with 988, it's it's similar to 911. It's free. It's a 24-hour suicide hotline. You know, for years we've had a suicide hotline, but it was an 800 number and and I could never remember it. 988, I can remember. Call it before you do something that you cannot take back. 
know, I said this before, but the world is better with you. Your family is better with you. And if anybody makes you feel like that's not true, they do not deserve you. So let's go back over those assignments real quick. Assignment number one, find someone to talk to. Set up an arrangement with someone that you can talk to on a regular basis that is going to talk to you. Be that person for them and let them be that person for you. That's assignment one. Assignment number two, check on people. Make a list every single day. Reach out to at least one of those people. Imagine for a minute if every one of us had a list and even just one a day, seven a week, we were checking up on one of those people on our list. How many more people would be checked up on? How many more people would know that there's somebody out there that gives a crap? So find someone to talk to. Check on people. Find a group, much like the restore groups that I'm working on, that I'm, I've started in my area and... If you're interested in that, let me know. If you're interested in the online groups, let me know. Or just visit restoringnurses.com slash group. Sign up for the mailing list so you know as we start more restore groups and as I start the online restore groups. Number four, get professional help. It does not mean you're weak. It takes much more strength to admit that you need help and to seek the help that you need and than it does to just ignore it and pretend like you don't need it. One thing I forgot to mention on that one. So you may go to a counselor that sucks. Some of them do. Some of them shouldn't be in practice at all. So go and see another one. And another one and another one. Until you find, you may you may get go through two or three of them that are good, but just aren't a good fit for you. And that's 100% fine. Go to another one. Try another one. Try another one. Try another one until you find one that is a good fit. Do not use the excuse that you went and saw one or two or ten and didn't find one that was a good fit because there is one out there that is a good fit. And finding them is worth it. You're worth it. Number five, call 988 before you do something that you can't take back. If you're even to the point where you're thinking about taking your life, thinking that your your job, the world, your family, anybody would be better off without you, call 988. I know this one's kind of heavy, and I know it's no secret to anybody listening to this that nurses are stressed out. It's probably not surprising that so many nurses have had thoughts of suicide. The actual numbers are shocking, but that nurses are having those thoughts it's not at all surprising. Do something. Don't ignore it. Please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and check out restoringnurses.com slash podcast for the show notes. I'll put anything that I mentioned in here in there. But take care of yourself. The world needs you.